This is To Catch a Con Man, Season 2, In the Victim's Voices. I will take you on another fascinating journey, but this time you will hear from other men and women that, like me, have fallen prey to the various cons, scams, and deceits by one of the most prolific and successful con artists to live and operate in the Midwest. You know him as Ricky Dugo. Could a hundred grand sustain my life? It couldn't even come close. So, so listen to me. If I was going to be in some sort of con, scam, conniving thing, it'd be for millions. It wouldn't be for $100,000. To Catch a Con Man is brought to you by Studio 847 in Long Grove, Illinois. Listener discretion is advised, as some of this programming contains language and content that might be offensive to some listeners. Join me on this adventure to catch a con man. This is Adam Albin. Thank you for listening to Season 2 of To Catch a Con Man in the Victim's Voices. On the previous episode we met Anna Marie, one of many of Ricky Dugo's prior girlfriends that he successfully scammed for over $25,000. The riveting details took us back to the late 1990s. Up next, I will take you back to the mid-2000s, around 2005-ish, and we will hear from a victim whom, unbeknownst to him, was one of my driving forces and reasons I decided to embark on this journey to catch a con man. This is part one of his story. Let's listen in and see what Ron has to say. You may hear me cut a few parts of this conversation out as an allegation that is so shocking and severe is detailed out that I needed to refer this information back to law enforcement as this is the second time this same allegation has been made by two separate financial crime victims that were very close to Ricky Dugo in the early to mid 2000s. I simply can't talk about it on this podcast as it goes above and beyond the story of just being a career con man and scammer. Ron, can you tell me, like, how you met Ricky Dugo? Where were you? The year? You know, how were you introduced to him? Yeah. Yeah. 
was about, I don't know the exact year. I want to say it was, I was in my 20s. So 15 years ago, you know, ish, maybe a little more. And I uh, was previously dealing with some business um, that was kind of failing. And I was really in a, in a position where I was reaching for something. Like I was, look, I was, you know, at that age, working out constantly, just haven't fully found myself with dabbling in, you know, I always want to be self-employed. That was like the big dream. And uh, I was, was a part of a business, good. And then Rick came in through somebody else and now this is a this is a self-employed business that's starting to fail. Rick came in and like was at that moment the hero. Like, oh man, dude pulls up Corvette, super nice, fellow Christian, Rolex, blah blah blah. You, you know the the, the the spiel. And like it, in my head, you know, I didn't have a I didn't have a good mentor. I guess I was searching for a mentor, searching for my position in life. I was doing good, you know but I didn't have like my lifelong pursuit. I didn't really find that yet. So there's some vulnerability I looking back at it because mentor me and what I was doing wasn't really working. And then I got this, jeez, uh, what do I even call him? I had to think about that one. What, what would make him good? But you know, this, this con artist manipulating who he is with that cheap skin, you know, the wolf underneath, basically recognizing I'm vulnerable and saying, oh, here, you know, I can help you and here's how I can help you. And look, you know, I'm not looking at the, later on I learned to look at the fruits of someone's life, like look at their relationships, the, their parents, the people they love the most, are they married? You know, identifying the person through that. Well, I was young and I identified them through Corvettes, Rolexes, and then like the, the joy in, in Christian love and like the excitement that he gave off. So that that's how I met him. I was in a vulnerable position, um, look, searching for something and uh, looking for a mentor and, and there Rick was. So, and, and, and can you just, what kind of business was that in, the, the, the failing business? Are you able to speak about that? Yeah, yeah, it was in the bar industry. So It was in the bar yeah, industry. Right, right. And, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't doing well. I actually had some partners in it that weren't doing the right things. They were cutting themselves checks. They weren't doing the right... You know, there's a few things. Like, the business was not under proper ownership. I was a part of that ownership, not happy with it. And then uh, Rick came in, knew personally one of the other owners, and they came... I don't even know what they were doing there, but, you know, there was obviously some friction on how everything was being ran and you know instability with the business and then you know there appears rick like there to kind of console and to give me another opportunity you know make a big bank with the car wash and living a great life yeah so, so let's so let's talk a little about that so so he comes in he's driving a corvette he's wearing a rolex he's giving off this this facade that he's you know well to do and he's got that you know um that personality that just you know has people enamored, you know, what does he? How long does he wait to pitch you? 
You know, are you guys like becoming friends first? Are you going out with him? Are you like his boy? Are you a sidekick? I mean, tell me about like some of the relate, you know, the relationship. Well, in the beginning, it was more like business consulting. Like, hey, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. I think I got to get out. And then, you know, of course, he's, you know, uh, posturing himself like he's he's a good person and has a lot of business, a lot of success, and living a great life. So. You know, I'm in the fog of dealing with a, a, a business that's kind of falling apart. And then, you know, that's like Rick almost becomes the backup plan. Like, oh, he's a cool dude. I don't know if I hung, hung out with him. Obviously, I hung out with him eventually. But, you know, um, presented oppor- some opportunities. And, you know, again, I'm looking for an opportunity. I'm looking for mentorship. I'm, the, I'm a young 20-year-old, you know, 22-year-old, whatever I was, 22, 23. I'm young in the mind. Um, you know, I didn't have a good role. I didn't have a, a male figure that was that I could look up to that would kind of, you know, I don't know. I say I needed help, but I needed some guidance in life. I wasn't super close with my dad. Um, I had a mother that loved me dearly, and um, you know, I didn't don't have any brothers. You know, didn't didn't have any good male role models in a sense that was like like really looking out for me. So I'm looking for that mentor. Um, you know, yeah, that mentor that yeah, that mentor is going to help guide you, right? You're looking for yeah, guidance. Yeah. Is what I'm hearing. Right. An opportunity, yeah. guidance, opportunity, because you know I'm I'm in a position where I don't feel stable. I'm bouncing to this, I'm bouncing to that, and I don't really have my groove. And then I have someone that presents himself in, in like amazed, like my mind's blown by how coolly and I how friendly and everything else. And then. You know, I think he gets my number and then like we talk and, you know, it, it doesn't happen over, but then we hang out. So there's like a slow progression of him building these this facade and relationship. How long did that take? I don't know, maybe a month or two, you know, and then it was like, OK, I'm walking away from this business because I have something that's greater with this guy that is, is you know, going to be there for me and, and, and help help me get to where I want to be. He's where I want, in my head, he was where I wanted to be and where I was at. Now, I was doing okay. You know, I wasn't, you know, I had I had money. I had uh, uh, properties. I had, you know, cars. But, you know, I'm trying to get to the next level, in a sense. Sure. So, so, so you're hanging out for like a month, month or two-ish, ish, yeah. Ish, something, yeah. something like that, yeah. And in that time, sorry to interrupt, Jaden, but during that month, I'm going to church with him. Um, I'm uh, going to his car washes, realizing now they weren't even his. He's walking in the back, hey, uh, you know, just a, you know, looking back. And honestly, Adam, looking back at it, it, it's, it was, I like shake my head. Like, what was I thinking? The fog of me wanting something, it, 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 I had no judge. I, like, I wasn't able to judge and look. And, you know, at that time, I didn't realize that there's people out there that truly don't give a shit. They they will step on you and do whatever they need to to get what they want with like Asperger's, like no empathy or care for who you are or your family or what you're just, it does not be like crocodile style. Like they're waiting for their moment to prance. Um, so there's a lot of rapport building during this month or two. There's there's going out and, you know, going out at some but I've never been on a boat. I'm on some big cigarette boat. I'm driving in these Mercedes that I've never been into, Rolexes, like the whole nine yards. I'm like, oh man, I really, I'm, I'm blessed finding this dude, going to church with him. Like, 
all right, you know, I finally got that male figure that, you know, that I'm looking for, you know, in a sense. And I was in a bodybuilding and weightlifting and all things dudes are, you know, I know you mentioned this is going to go on men's health and fitness. And I think uh, not everybody, but a lot of the younger guys in that, in, in that realm, they got energy, they got passion, they can be consistent, and they're just looking for something else to do. They don't have anything to do, per se, not all the time, not all the dudes in the gym, but they don't have, so what do they do? They, they hit the weights and they put their energy there until they find what they can put their energy into. So, you know, that was too, that was another link. It was Christianity, business, and then weightlifting, because I was into that too. So there's a lot of like common grounds that, that, that you know, nice watches, you know, everything that most dudes want. Rick had, or supposedly had. Sure. Um, yeah. So that that's so you know looking back now, if I if I had better wisdom back then, I mean I was flogged in my head for for what I wanted. Not you know I didn't have I didn't realize that how people can be that there's really evil out there, like truly is. Um, and then there's good. Most people are generally good, but dude, there's some bad people out there. And um, you know there's those. And that's who he is. You know, he's just an evil being, you know, in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a complete sociopath. So Total. So let's go back. All right, so tell me about the con. Tell me about what he pitches. Tell me about his opportunity that, um, that, that he wants you to go in on so that he can make you get to that next level. Yeah, I mean, it started... I mean, he's got a lot of pitches. And uh, again, this is... This is uh, 15 to 20 years ago so I'm, I'm I, you know recalling all this I'm thinking you know um, so the, the pitch the first pitch the big the big one is the car wash um, I don't remember the names of it but he took me to his car washes he never had them but he's walking in back shaking hands like he did um, you know and, and I being young and, and, and also wanting it so bad maybe didn't take a step back take a breath and you know, huh, does it, does it, does it, usually if it's too good to be true, it is, right? So this is one of those scenarios, and, you know, I just ate it up. I ate up his, he wrote, wrote a, you know, he's looking for money for his next car wash. Um, he's good. He's got all the money in the world, but, you know, he's looking to help somebody out, too. And he's buying a new car wash. He's got however many he, he pitched he had. Um, and he was looking for someone to be, in a sense, a managing partner, running that car wash, and helping him out with his business, and backing him up. And the, the car wash is going to be open; isn't going to be open yet, but he'll need backup with some of the some of the things that he does. So the original pitch was a car wash pitch. Um, and what you know, besides me taking me, you know, there were some other supporting things that he said or did or showed me that made me really believe, yeah, this dude knows his car wash stuff. Um, and this is his, his niche, and I could get into it with him. Um, that was the the original one. So what was that? Su- so what was the supporting documentation, or what was he giving you outside of taking you to a, somebody else's car wash and walking you in the back where he, you know, is high fiving the employees, you know, because he probably stripped them all twenty bucks, you know, to make him seem like he's the king of rock and roll. You know, I started supporting docs. Um, more, more about I, I guess I meant the, the contract that he that he wrote. That was when I was more investing. But um, you know, just just his talk. I mean, he pitched it and, and ran it like he ran car washes multiple, and he knew a lot. He knew from the surface about the industry, and he had a good story, and then he had all this wealth, supposed wealth, backing it up. 
So for me, it was a slam dunk. You know, he's, you know, that's what he does. He has a lot of passive income through multiple car washes. He drove me by a bunch of them, went into a couple with me. Uh, you know, as far as, do- yeah, documentation, maybe I misspoke that. Maybe it's, you know, I had documentation with a handwritten contract, but, uh, you know, your contract is just the person or their work. So. Yeah. So, so what, what does this contract say? You know, just a handwritten uh, Ricky Dugo or Schultz, whatever his name was at that time. Um, you know, you know, invests. You know, I invest. I don't know what it was in the beginning. You know, he he he, he, he drained me and my mother for pretty much everything we had. But I think the first initial investment was maybe thirty-two grand or something like that. Thirty-two thousand. Thirty-two thousand. Yeah, and then I was going to have ownership in it. And, you know, run it and do good with them, and more more doors would open, and you know the whole, the whatever you know, a con man will give give the vulnerable person anything that they can hear that they're biting on, and I was in a position where I was biting on everything. You know, I didn't second guess it too because I was shutting one door and I was going all in on this. You know, uh, right? And, and yeah. So he takes you. So so the contract is a is a car wash or a partnership and a car wash for. Thirty-two thousand in cash, and then what happens? I mean, is it is are you is he building a car wash? Is he telling you that it's being built somewhere? Does he show you a piece of an empty lot? Is he asking you for? Yeah, yeah, he's showing me signage. He's showing he's having me go look at this sign. He's showing me where it's going to be. He's, he's you know, and there there was multiple car washes too, and the exact time I know there was I don't even remember the names of them, but he, he was having me design stuff and. Um, you asked me, so you said that. And, oh, and, and then during this process, you know, when I, and what he was good at was keeping me in, on the hook. Because during that process, now I'm getting things and he's buying things for me, realizing now he's taking my money and just circulating it. You know, so, you know, I was getting, I invested, it's not going to be open for a little bit, but at the same time, he's treating for dinners. I upgrade my car. You know, I, it, there's, there's, you know, I'm getting new wardrobe, you know, things like that are happening. Um, and he's paying for it, but, you know, me being gullible, not realizing he's taking my money and just kind of recycling it back to me. Yeah, yeah. And then, then that's making you feel good. Like, oh, yeah. like this guy that you're looking up to, this mentor, is, is the real deal. He's hooking me up. You know, he's my boy. He's got my back. You yeah, know. He had an accountant call me, which wasn't an accountant, got my social security number, date of birth. Hey, I'm going to put you on the payroll soon for now. For now, though, we're going to, you know, you'll just hang out with me. I'll take care of things. I got this money now. We're going to start this car wash soon. You know, the details on when and how, I don't, I don't really remember, but I do remember then, like, I'm hanging out with him and I'm getting, like, you know, the accountant calls me. I give him all the information. You know, payroll's not going to be ready yet, but I'm just going to put you on my payroll before the car wash is going to take a minute. To open. Meanwhile, I'll get you on the payroll because I know you're leaving your other business and you know, that'll happen too. So like there's that, the camaraderie that I'm starting to build, like you said, going to church with this kid and your dude or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, Rick going to, you know, just, he's got me hooked. You know, I'm, I'm like hooked and I'm enjoying it. I'm like, you know, get a new car, showing it to some, some of my friends, my girlfriends, and things like that. You know, I'm in a celebratory mood and you know, that makes me even more vulnerable, I guess. You know, so it was like he had a, like a, uh, uh, an 
ecosystem of like di- different victims at, at different stages of their of their con, and he somehow was able to orchestrate it all quite nicely. Yeah, uh, where you know for me, I was I didn't even know, you know I didn't. By the time I realized what was going on, it was I was it was way too far into it. You know, I couldn't like back away. I had to like, you know, which is whole whole. We'll go down that road, but um, yeah, let's you know, for, yeah, let's yeah, yeah let's let's go back to that. I'm, I'm high fives. I'm I'm celebrating. I'm telling my getting my mom excited for her. Like we're we're doing good now. You know, I finally found the way and the right dude to kind of help help shape me into what I want to be. Right. Awesome. So I mean, not awesome that it happened, but. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, like telling me. Um, so from there, um, he's got you on the hook for thirty-two grand. You know, what's his what's his right. next pitch? What's his next play? What's his next call? So, well, there's another car wash coming up, <laughs> and I know we didn't open up this one, but he's got another one coming up, and we don't have to do it, but he wants to give me first dibs on it. And at this time, I'm like, hell yeah! So I get, I think for that one, I get my mom involved because I'm, you know. Now, now I, I soaked up most of my cash with that initial investment. I want to be in on the second one, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't have to be, but like, it's why, why wouldn't I? Like, why would I would like to take two now? So I get my mom involved on this one, and you know, she she gets the money, refinances her home to pull money out, um, and, and now I get that next chunk. What the honestly, I can't even remember what what it was. But it was another big chunk of money. You're talking forty grand or so coming out, at least. And, you know, did, I don't did, I don't remember the exact much. And so this one was another car wash. Um, and this one though, he's buying. It's it's one of them. We needed to start the other. He was, there was a buyout. He's buying a competitor or something. And again, I don't remember the name. I do remember the name Snappy's Car Wash. He used that one a lot. And there's other names that I just, you know, it's a, it's a fog. It's a fog of war um, in that moment. Uh, but, yeah, so now we're, we're now we're, we're, we're getting, we're going to get one started. I'm looking at signage. I'm de- developing flyers, coming up with names. He's, you know, giving me some late work to do. And now there's one of his competitors. We're going to buy out. We're going to buy it. So then there's, you know, another good chunk of cash um, that I'm getting to him. And then the whole cash thing, looking back at it, it's like, duh. But, you know, Rick's thing was he has so much wealth and it's a cash business that he needs to hide that. And his accountant does not want any more coming in or, or you know, it, he, he's all tied. So he's, he, he works only with cash because of that. Because his books are, you know, it's a cash bit, blah, 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 which made sense to me. And, and how are you going to argue with someone that's just freaking taking you out to the nicest restaurants around? cruising in the bends, dropping money everywhere, and then riding on some big, you know, half a million dollar boat, and I'm not paying for anything, you know, and then, and then, and then the people around them are like, oh yeah, he's the real deal, so like, you know, there's other victims saying it, because they believe it, which I was getting, and then there's the people that know he's a scumbag, who are like, supporting it, like, like, but they know he's, 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 he's scumball, you know, so... Yeah, there's. I firmly believe that he has many accomplices out there. Um, I don't know how he gets them, or what he does to uh, ask for their help. But there's definitely more than a couple of those. So he's not the only bad guy out there, but he's really good at being a bad person. One of the best. One of the best, man. 
you know, he wouldn't be able to pull anything on me now, you know, and hopefully all the victims have scarred up and healed and, and have learned from it, got some wisdom and understanding. It also clouds you not to jump ahead, but I don't look at anybody the same way, you know, like the, 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 the scars have healed, but the damages and, and the, the, you know, you're never going to get this money back, which is a significant amount of money. And then when you go through, you get the PS post-track strength, you know, like it's real. Like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, I'm in an industry where I meet a lot of people and I know a lot of people and I impact a lot of people at a, at a big level. But outside of that, like I'm almost socially awkward. I'm so introverted. Unless I'm in mind where I feel good and I'm able to, and I, I, I really know, but outside of that, unless you're in my, um, in my realm, like outside of what, what I do, I don't want to meet you. I don't want to talk to you. It's like he numbed my love for humans unless it's in my area <laughs> you know what I mean like so every everybody you know I went from like trusting everybody there's no bad love live you know because I'm the type of person I would never do anything to anybody to hurt them you know like maliciously you know I wouldn't do it on purpose you know and when you have that mindset and that kind of love I, you almost think everybody's like that no way you know anybody could be like that but um yeah, sorry, I went on a little rant there. No, I, I absolutely love it, Ron, um, because I talk about that as um, uh, very often in, in the podcast in season one in that there's a, a psychological, emotional, and mental toll that he puts you on and puts you through that is almost more impactful than losing the money because it changes yeah. your outlook on life. The money we can always make more of. I mean, big fucking deal. I mean, to some, it's it is a big deal. I get it, but yeah, yeah. but when you start to have to, when 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 you change, and all of a sudden the world looks different and not the same, and it changes who you are inside. That's that's the Dugo effect, man. That is people don't talk about it, and it's everywhere. I mean, it really is because you just can't. You just don't want to trust anybody. So we'll, we will, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will come back to that. So, um, all right. So he's got you for two car washes. Let's just say, from what you said, about seventy. We'll call it seventy-five thousand dollars, seventy-two thousand dollars at this point. Um, yeah, and, then, and did your mother ever meet him face to face? Did they ever get to meet in person? Yeah, we're going to eat. I mean, we're going to church. I mean, there is family now man this is my big brother that i've been looking for so like oh yeah i mean he's yeah, i'm introducing him to everybody i can because he's the man you know this is my 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 ticket this is the dude so yeah i mean uh, i'm i'm he's he's fully a part of my life i'm fully a part of his from what i what i thought you know <laughs> and uh and yeah my mom's involved i mean we're we're in, in the financial end of it i want to see the second one might have been more money but you know, in, in but I, you know, again, it's it's been a long time. But yeah, I would say we're at seventy five ish. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, my mom knows you know him pers- on a personal level. You know, we're going out to great dinners, and um, yeah, we all know. Well, everybody knows each other, and we're all we're all great. I'm grateful, right? Very grateful and excited. Now, did you ever meet? At the time, did Rick ever say that he was married? Yeah, those are, you know, look, these are one of the red flags again right here, you know, 
Oh, you got a guy that changes his last name. <laughs> you know, that's right. a red flag. And then, like, his womanizing, see, I was a womanizer, too, at that stage of my life. Uh, so, like, that was common for me. I mean, I think he, he was, he had a few girls, a few girls, and he was serious with a couple of the few that he had, and then serious as far as, like, that's his girl. And, and he got engaged to a girl. He, he, uh, had a couple side girls and then he's also picking up a high school girl in his Mercedes um, yeah during that process too a girl and a, a 17 year old in high school looking back at it now it really hurts me but yeah. you know again crocodiles don't feel emotional you know sympathy empathy care you know it's just a you know narcissistic you know sociopath that So, let, so let's talk about that. So, so you said, and I'm going to repeat it because it may have cut out. So you said, after you guys have given him most of the cash, your mom's refinanced her house, you've given him almost all the cash she had. The accountant basically took all of your information, if I heard you right. He's got your social security number, your driver's license number. He's got your address. So now Rick is opening lines of credit up in your name. Yeah, but that starts with He's an avid watch collector. So it starts with the Rolexes. And I love watches too. And I have a Rolex as well at the time. Um, so we go to the Rolex, you know, CD Peacock. Yep. And then, you know, he does the old accounting trick. And then I have perfect credit. So then he's at his limit with his accountant. Hey, can we, I'm not even going to wear these watches I just collect them can I you know can I use your credit well yeah of course brother you know we're business together you doing everything I don't care use my credit so it starts with the Rolexes and you know now I obviously realize he was just selling them getting more cash then taking that cash and taking me out to eat with it and then doing whatever he does with the other stuff um, so yeah and then now at this time I'm with him a lot now like after that second load, I'm, I'm basically staying majority. I lived an hour away. I'm staying the majority at his place. I'm hanging out with him 24-7, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like, he's my new best friend, mentor. And, you know, I'm living the life almost. I got, you know, at the in the beginning, I'm living the life. Going out every night. I'm lift, weightlifting every day, every day. I got fun dudes to be around and great experiences with like, you know, materialism and, you know, at the time, the womenizing and all the things that would go down, you know, with us. And so, yeah, yeah. So then for, for some Rolexes, yeah, whatever, you know, this guy, that's over backwards for me. You know, I'm in no rush with the, with, you know, I'm, I'm asking questions and, hey, what can I do? Is there anything I need to do? You know, and, you know, when, when I ask the questions, it's like, oh, yeah, here, come on. And he figures a way to make me feel good about it, whether it's taking back up to the car wash or hey I got these signs let's meet with this guy or 
you know, whatever it is, another phone call with the account. Who I don't, you know, he just had, you know, he's good at it. He's good at it. Once, once you're on there and you're feeling good, he's going to make you feel better, and, and, you know, as he continues to get gets what he wants. I think he takes great pleasure in keeping people on the hook. Um, yeah. Because there are many victims out there that three years after he took their money, he's still calling and still texting, you know, like, hey, what's up? You know, like like he's their best friend. Like nothing fucking happened. So right. you're right. He's really good at keeping people on the hook, backing you off the ledge. Um, so, um, he's, so, so now he's taking out lines of credit. Um, at this point, I mean, do you know what he's doing with the Rolexes? Because another gentleman I've spoken to, he said that he used to be like a runner for him. And so Rick would get these Rolexes, and he probably did this to the, in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 different you know, uh, victims. C.D. Peacock, he would take you to C.D. Peacock. He would have you buy a Rolex or two. And then he had this guy that would take him to... Um, this gentleman in the city named Howard Fromm, and he would pawn them there for cash. Did did that ever come up? Yeah, yeah. I was so he got he was there before he with me, and because he like did something with a diamond ring with it was one of his fiancees, and I think he was selling it back, and he he probably had a Rolex and he was selling looking at it so. I went there with Howard once before. Um, what, what stage was it during the con? I'm not sure. But I remember being in there with Rick. For me, it helped me stay, it hurt me, but it, I stuck around longer. You know, we were doing some pretty stupid things. Led me on to some pretty strong drugs. And, you know, towards the end there, I, I was pretty aggressive on these drugs. And, um, and, and, so that was also like, you know, at, at the end, when, when I'm on the outs of this thing, that that also, besides the, not to go to the end here, but besides all the leverage he has with this wealth and, you know, then on top of that, I'm kind of getting really attached to some strong drugs. And now it's like, that, that made it difficult for me to make a move or make a decision on how to peel this band-aid off and figure out what the heck I'm going to do with my life. You know, at that season, you know, uh, but that's later on in the game too. Yeah. This uh, whole thing, like six to eight months-ish, where I'm like side by side with Rick. I'd say the first half, everything's high-fiving and great. The, 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 the next little 10, 15%, I'm starting to question what's going on. And then the last whatever math is left is oh crap I just made a big this big mistake here and drug my mom into it what am I going to do now kind of deal the drugs there that last half of the of the uh, timeline dragged on way longer than it should oh. okay I've, I'm going to ask you a weird question did you ever visually witness Rick get punched in the face by a woman. I don't think so. No. You never called the cops on a woman that had uh, punched him in the nose and it split uh, split uh, his nose was gushing blood. We can come back to this. So. Okay. 
Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. All right. Again, again, Adam. <laughs> this is a long time ago, and at this, I'm, 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 I'm feeling good. I'm drugged up pretty good, you know. So this, this is a, you know, all the drugs I've done, I've smoked some weed and and uh, drank. That's what I did, and I started smoking crap. I don't know if you smoked any crap before. <laughs> no. But, but it'll, it, you know, it'll fog your judgment. Yeah. And then that becomes the most important thing around. And that happened the last, that last 20% of, you know, that, that, that's what was going down with consistently. Because at that time, I quote unquote bought Rick's home, which was, and I was living there. So, and I did buy his home. I bought it from him, you know, so. That, that was like the last phase of one of the last phases of things so I'm living at this home it's my home I'm out of title I got the mortgage and we're just smoking crap you know four nights a week so let's go back and talk about that What? so is that the last part of the con he had you buy his house from him yeah I think what basically I mean one of the last parts the last parts were bigger items that were like with me and my mom on credit and this is when I'm like starting to question things but it's also at that point, well, fuck it, I'm all in here. <laughs> like, I mean, like, what, like, okay, so use my credit. Well, if this is, if this is true, and like, part of me still doesn't want to believe that this is actually a con once I'm realizing it. But part of me is like, no way. And so now we're buying homes and boats and, and I bought his house from him. And looking back at it, I realized I think the house was in his mother's name. And um, he just needed a way out of it. it. Well, everything that he did too, he, he managed, this was prior to the big crash. So he managed to pull money out of everything. I, I don't know if he did it with the cars or not, but I know for sure the houses and he had other homes too. And looking back at it, there were other victims that were, you know, signing mortgages or titles to houses and cars and boats. And, you know, that the house, the boat, and all the cars that he had when he met me, none of them were in his name. They were in prior victims. Right. So this, whoever the victim was on the house, I want to say it was his mother. He, he, he you know, was draining her at the same time. Uh, he was able to transfer title because he moved into a big house that was built and bought on someone's name as well. Um, so I was able to buy that house so I could be closer to him and, you know, be there for at this point too, since the car washes are open, I'm acting like as a personal assistant, which I'm loving because, you know, I'm living the life while I'm doing it. Sure. So how much did you buy his house for? I have no clue. Over market value, I'm sure, because he pulled money out of it, I'm sure. But I don't I don't remember the number. I mean a two, three hundred thousand, I mean it was a ranch. I don't remember what houses were back then, and uh, what was it? Oh God, Addison. Addison, yeah. I don't know how. We're, we have, I don't know what it was. A house on Addison, and I bought a ranch, brick, all brick. Yeah. So you know, I don't know what I. I have no clue what I paid for it, but you know, I'm sure I didn't. I didn't get a good deal. <laughs> <I'll just laughs> say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're buying houses. Is there any other cons that happen over? over I mean, he's got you guys for three, four hundred thousand. Hundreds, yes. How much? Hundreds, I, hundreds of thousands, because we're, you know, my mom did a, signed off on a boat, 
So that's, uh, I don't know, 400, whatever that cigarette boat was. His, 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 you know, he had multiple boats. Um, and then I did motorcycles, Rolexes, and cars. Oof. And a house. And a house, yes. Then I lived, you know. Uh, All right. One of the cars I'm driving, too. Lexus I'm driving, the house I'm living in, and then the... I had, you know, I already had a Rolex, but I had nice. He gave me uh, some diamond watch, you know, so I'm wearing that too. And then uh, new wardrobe, you know, and then I'm heat all the, you know, we're hitting, we're out and about all the time. Um, rich dropping cash everywhere, you know. So, um, so, so yeah, all in houses, boats, yeah, house, and then uh, a big cash. You know, all the cash that I could possibly have, as well as, you know, my mom's pulling a paid off. She has a paid off townhouse. She's pulling money out of that to uh, invest, you know, and so, then using her credit as well to back Rick up. So all in, Ron, what would you say? Give me a number that, like, if you had to guess. Yeah, if I had to get, like, now are we talking, like, including my credit? Everything. All in. Credit? Everything. Oh, jeez. Between me and my mom, because we're a unit, you know, obviously, yeah. my mother. So let's go with a $300,000 house, say. Let's go with, um, we're going to say 100K cash. It might be less than that. It might be a little more. I really, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to really. So that's, and then, uh, say, you know, the $300,000 boat-ish. I don't, I don't remember, per se. It might be 200, might be 180, might be 400, but... These, these aren't normal boats here that we're talking, what he's driving in. And then, you know, a couple motorcycles and a few cars. So, and the, these are Mercedes Range Rover Lexus style cars. So, you know, 100 grand each car, one, two, three, uh, say, you know, 50 grand worth of motorcycles and Rolexes, I believe, so three, 300 for the house. We're talking like a million dollars, dude. Not, not uh, with with credit and cash that that he uh, you know grabbed just from me and my mom because these are big big items here we're talking. It's unbelievable. I'm so sorry that it happened to you. It's crazy. It's disgusting. <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry too. Sorry, I'm such an idiot. To be honest, it's it's I, I'm so gullible and naive. And um, yeah. So my, it was my fault. It was my fault. just listen to part one of Ron's search for a mentor and a business partner. 
the slow progression of Ricky Dugo forging a friendship that can only end up one way. Ron starts to realize there are some really unsavory types as Rick's investments opportunities finally break down. Coming up next, we will hear him continue on with his tale, finally coming to terms and finding the strength to get out of a severely difficult situation after Ricky Dugo financially decimates Ron and his mother for over $1 million 